0: This is Up to Date on KCUR 89.3. I'm Steve Kraske. Riots and attacks on key government buildings broke out in Brazil on January 8th following President Luiz Inacio Lula da Silva's inauguration. Lula, a leftist politician, defeated the far-right former president, Jair Bolsonaro, in the October election. The circumstances of the riots are drawing comparisons to the January 6th insurrection in this country, but how similar are they really? How is Kansas City's Brazilian population reacting? And did the January 6th attacks on the U.S. Capitol provide something of a template for those still unhappy with the election results in Brazil? Today we'll speak to Rebecca Best. She's a professor of political science at UMKC about the similarities between these two events. We'll discuss what events led to the Brazil riots and what this means for democracy at large. Rebecca, nice to have you here. Welcome.
1: Thanks, Steve. Nice to be here.
0: Also join us is Angelique Staggs, a member of the Brazilian community in Kansas City. She'll tell us her view on these riots and how the political turmoil is affecting her family back in Brazil. Angelique, nice to have you, too. Good morning.
2: Nice to be here. Thank you, Steve.
0: So, Angelique, let's start with you. I'm wondering how the Brazilian community in Kansas City has reacted to what's happened down in Brazil.
2: Well, I believe that we're all in, in, in awe and stunned with the news and of what happened in brasilia this Mm -hmm. last week Um, i think overall there's a sense of uh, embarrassment Hmm. really because uh, we are here as a small community representing a nation and uh, we are asked this question so what do you think and what happened and it's it's embarrassing, really, to look at what happened. And uh, it's it's a far cry of a Pacific manifestation mm-hmm. of a, a march to express your point of view or disagreement. So
0: It turned into something else, is what you're saying. It turned
2: into something else. Much like, something like what happened in this country. Completely out of hand, mm-hmm. uh, unnecessary. Um, so I think, in general, That's the sentiment.
0: Yeah. Was there any sense that you see any of this coming? Were there signs that something violent like this might be in the offing?
2: I believe, in my opinion, yes. Uh, I remember whenever uh, the election, uh, the victory of uh, President Lula was announced, we were gathered in Lawrence as a small group of uh, um, artists and professors in an event, and that was a comment that was made. So we were happy for the democratic outcome of mm-hmm. of the candidate, but we were also concerned that something like that might might happen.
0: Yeah. How large is the Brazilian community here in Kansas City?
2: I believe we're a couple of thousand people. We're not mm-hmm. a huge community, but we have. A, Quite a few transient uh, people. We have a lot of students. They come in, they spend some time in Kansas City, and they move on.
0: Mm-hmm. Uh, How do you stay in touch with each other?
2: We have a couple of uh, Facebook pages mm. and uh, that we communicate, and um, we gather in, in different events in Kansas City, uh, different parts of uh, the metropolitan area have their own little nucleus of people. There are a group in the Northland. There's another group in the south part of KC. Mm-hmm. And uh, there are church groups, uh, religious communities um, that gather that way as well.
0: Now, you mentioned that you were embarrassed, at least in part, by what happened uh, last week in Brazil. Was that feeling shared among other members of your family?
2: yes. I can say that for sure. The fact that the space that represents uh, the Brazilian government was invaded and desecrated is is something that is far beyond what I consider the soul and the values of the, the Brazilian people. To have works of art destroyed and uh, just vandalized and it, it was not something that really represent who we are Mm -hmm. and it was an act of uh, just a crowd behavior a mindset that got out of hand
0: yeah are they feeling unsettled about the future of the country right now or what's what's that feeling like
2: there is there's questioning in uh, on on how is it that the actual the, the the president is going to handle the future from now on Uh, There's hope, but there's also still a feeling of uh, a country divided. Politics is a subject that is approached with uh, a lot of kindness and sometimes just not talked about. Yeah. Because it it can unravel real quickly uh, on a gathering of friends and family. Um, So people are not just talking about it yes so the answer is yes there is a feeling of uh, unrest
0: let me bring rebecca best uh, umkc political scientist into our conversation so nice to have you here again you know a new president takes over amid chaos like this that puts that new president in a very difficult position right out of the gate rebecca
1: it really does. And I, I want to say, you know, listening to Angelique talk about her emotional response yeah. to the events of January 8th, you know, really brought back that same sense of just embarrassment and horror from just two years yeah. ago here. Yeah. Um, but, yeah, you mentioned the difficult position that it puts uh, a new president. And, of course, Lula's been president before. But, right. um you know one of the things that I think is interesting is that uh, despite the fact that although he controls the presidency, you know Lula's party does not control the um, does not control the legislative branch uh, still we've seen the administration really cracking down I think on these protests. Um, I I would say perhaps more aggressively than than what we saw in the United States. Hmm. And and I think that's kind of interesting. And I don't know, perhaps Angelique uh, can offer her thoughts on this as well. But I wondered if part of that response uh, might be due to having having seen what's happened in the United States, but also in the same way. Right. That it it looks like. that those events were also probably related. To I
0: mean, Lula, to be clear, has actually said no protests right now. There's been a firm yes, crackdown on exactly. where we stand. The right. the
1: right to protest is suspended. Um,
0: Which is an amazing thing to see in a, in a democracy. It, it really I mean, is.
1: But I think the other piece, and this is where I'd, I'd really be interested to hear Angelique's thoughts, I wonder if the other piece isn't that Brazil has a living memory of of coups uh, in 1968 and a living memory of of a military junta. And so I wonder if perhaps that makes this threat maybe sufficiently real, sufficiently tangible, that it gives Lula a little bit more license.
0: Certainly members of your family, Angelique, would remember that 68 uh, event.
1: Yes.
2: um, Unfortunately, I believe uh, most of the Brazilian people do not Mm. they mm-hmm. they call for a military intervention without really remembering what was that period of military dictatorship was wow. like mm-hmm. and there is this amongst my family this this expectation and this feeling that that would not be that would not be good you know yeah. to mm-hmm. set aside a democratic uh, system that we are right now uh, one of the largest uh democracies in the world and call for military intervention is to take a step back Mm -hmm. in time. Mm
0: -hmm. You know, Rebecca, this raises the whole question that we heard so much in this country following our insurrection a couple of years ago, which is sort of the whole uh, fragile nature of democracy uh, writ large. And here we are talking about it again.
1: Yeah, you know, this we do seem to be in a period uh, worldwide where we are for the first time seeing a little bit of sort of democratic regression that is, up until the past few years, we have seen a sort of steady expansion of democracy around the world, deepening of democracy. And right now we're not we're not seeing that anymore. In fact, we seem to be seeing a little bit of the reverse. we We seem to be seeing shifts toward, um, toward anocracy or even, uh, you know, just generally in the direction away from democracy and towards autocracy around the world. And that is really concerning.
0: Mm -hmm. What can be done about it? If anything,
1: you know, that's a, that is a really hard question. That's the, that's the million dollar question. Um, and I think that part of it is probably talking to each other, um, having, conversations, um, you know, trying to, uh, trying to, to meet each other where we are. And and that can be really difficult, because the, you know, the issues that we disagree on, they're not, um, I think we have a tendency to think that politics is, is just about like, tax policy or something, you know, something that's not related to me. But the personal really is political the political really is personal politics mm-hmm. is how societies decide who gets what and so it really cuts pretty deeply for for a lot of us and so some of these political differences can really be um i think you know we see this in in brazil a little bit we see it in the united states a little bit some of this is about a reaction to um to a politics of inclusion right mm-hmm. this is this is a reaction to that maybe to roll that back. Um, And so these are difficult things to try to find common ground on.
0: I'm Steve Kraske, and you're listening to Up to Date on KCUR 89.3. We'll be right back. And we're back. This is Up to Date on KCUR 89.3. You know, you do get a sense in this country, Rebecca, that there has been a pulling back and a movement away from that, uh, any sort of uh, rationale for that far-right uprising of January 6th, again, a couple of years ago. Do you see it that way, too? A broad mm-hmm. condona- condemnation pretty much across the board.
1: Um, I, I'm not certain if I follow the question. Sorry.
0: Well, just to what extent uh, has our political system really condemned what oh, happened January okay. 6th? My sense is the condemnation has really ranged from Far right Republicans to liberal Democrats.
1: You know that's interesting because certainly in the immediate aftermath, we saw across the board uh, among elected officials uh, condemnation. Right, members of Congress who were there at the time, uh, who were who were pretty unhappy, and and we see that kind of get walked back a little bit uh, on the on the right. Um, so you know, I do wonder where where exactly uh yeah. where exactly the public is on that i think a lot of moderates and a lot of democrats and a number of of more moderate republicans do condemn what happened on january 6 i think there are also a lot of people who say well it wasn't it wasn't what it's been made out to be. Mm. Um,
0: still some disillusionment. Some, maybe still some yeah. some
1: doubts about um, about what it was. We also, I think, saw in the immediate aftermath we saw some attempts, and we we see this in Brazil as well to say, "Oh, well, that those people were provocateurs from the other side." So we've seen that in. In Brazil, in recent days, we've seen it in the United States. Well, those were left-wing provocateurs Mm -hmm. and not really us. And there's no evidence in either case to support that.
0: Left-wing provocateurs who are trying to embarrass the right. Right. Yeah, basically is what your point is. Yeah. Yeah. Well, I'm curious what your reaction was as you watched the events in Brazil unfold and how you responded to it yourself.
1: It's I mean, it's really concerning. Uh, you know, Angela captured it perfectly talking about this. You're watching um, one of the largest democracies in the world, in the Western Hemisphere. Uh, and we're seeing again this widespread um, violent uprising, effectively, mm-hmm. that um, where people are are so angry and seem to be disillusioned with democracy yeah. and and that's really concerning when people start to think that that democracy is the problem or right. that the game is rigged or for some reason their side will not be able to win in the future whether it's because it's yeah. rigged or whether it's because the society is shifting that and again you know we it's important i think to remember we are still seeing um, the right in both the United States and Brazil, they're still winning elections, right? Um, and so so I, I, I think that is also kind of interesting to, to say, on the one hand, it's rigged. On the other hand, these elections we did win yeah. were fairly won. Hey,
0: can you give us a sense uh, for our listeners who maybe haven't followed the events in Brazil all that closely, what led up to this? What happened here? Why were there riots on January 8th in Brazil?
1: Right. I think this looks a whole lot like the uh, the playbook that we saw in 2016, where uh, in both cases, we have an incumbent president uh, who's facing a challenger from a prior administration, even. Uh, so in the United States, a former vice president, in Brazil, a former president. Right. And that in both cases, we see Trump and uh, Bolsonaro saying, if I don't win, it'll be because it was rigged. And in both cases, we see these men saying, well, I didn't win, because, or I, I did win, I should have won, but that's not what got reported. And you
0: almost got a sense of is just following the Donald Trump
1: playbook much, here. I mean,
0: the similarities are just eerie.
1: Very much. I mean, he, uh, during the Trump administration, he really aligned himself with Trump. And so uh, he, I think, referred to himself as the Trump of the tropics. Uh, so, um right. You know, I think he is pulling directly from that playbook, and we also see. I think this morning, Washington Post was reporting that uh, that that they're now finding evidence of a proliferation of fake social media accounts in the wake of the election count in Brazil mm-hmm. that were um, that were spreading uh, that were spreading false information about a rigged election system. I even heard it in the United States from one of my students who. Um, who is not, as far as I know, connected to the Brazilian community. She had heard on Fox News that the election was stolen. This was actually, she was telling me this before uh, before Lula took power. So before the transfer of power, she was telling me that, um, that Lula's regime, Lula's administration was cracking down on the media hmm. and on media coverage of stories that that his side had stolen the election. You know,
0: I, I'm wondering, Angelique, as you listen to this, I mean, to what extent do you think Donald Trump has served as a template for Bolsonaro as he uh, approached the election and what he said about it in its aftermath? I agree. Yeah. By all
2: means, it was a model. It was a template. Um, I don't believe if there was no... Donald Trump, there would not be a Bolsonaro in Brazil. Mm-hmm.
0: Mm-hmm. How evenly split is Brazil politically? I mean, to what extent is it like this country in terms of Democrats and Republicans, you know, fairly evenly split these days?
2: Brazil, we have a political system that has many other parties, political parties, other than Democrats and Republicans. So, mm-hmm. In between the far left and the far right, you have many degrees of uh, where you stand on politics. But I would say at this moment, it's very, very uh, polarized and split in half. Mm
0: -hmm. Very
2: much like the reality that we live right now in the United States.
0: Yeah. Rebecca, I'm wondering how surprised you were by what you saw on January 8th.
1: Um. Yeah, I mean, I found it pretty surprising in terms of the – just when you watch the videos, right, to see, again, this huge number of people destroying destroying buildings in in the capital city of Brazil. And so I – I think this was, something was coming. I think certainly, you know, many of us looked at the events of January 6th and we thought we're going to see reverberations of this around the world. And so in that sense, it's not as surprising as it, as it would be without January 6th. It's not as surprising as it would have been had we not seen that build up with Bolsonaro really following that Trump playbook mm-hmm. and... Um, and sort of refusing to to accept that this was um, that this was a legitimate election that that he lost. Uh, it was, of course, different in some key ways from January sixth. So uh, it's interesting that this happens after the transfer of power, um, rather than before it or or right. sort of, you know during to sort right. of interrupt. It's not it's not an attempt to interrupt the process of that transfer because the transfer had already occurred.
0: So, Angelique, you know Bolsonaro now, uh, the, the former president, is in this country. In fact, right. he's down in Florida, not far from Mar a Lago, where uh, President Trump keeps his his home. Uh, there's some talk that he, uh, his visa status in this country is uh, up for uh, up up for debate. Do you expect him to return to Brazil anytime soon, or what's the what are you thinking there?
2: I I cannot really. Say yes or no, what's gonna happen? the behavior is I don't know exactly what's gonna happen, Steve. Mm-hmm. I don't know there's anything can happen. He can decide to return to Brazil on its own. What, what kind
0: of impact would that have if he does return?
2: I think that if he returns to it's my personal opinion again, I'm saying this as my personal opinion if he returns to Brazil right now, he will be uh empowering a movement uh, that is happening to to uh, offer more resistance to the government of the new president. Mm -hmm. Uh, And he will be adding more gas to the fire. Mm
0: -hmm. That's
2: to use a very simple expression.
0: Professor Best, do you expect him to return to the uh, to his native country or or not?
1: Mm. I think that he would I think that he would like to run again for president um i don't think that he is likely to return right now in part because uh one of his former ministers in his administration was just arrested and so um and because uh the protesters who have been charged have been charged uh among other things with um with offenses related to plotting a coup so I think right now I, I don't think he will because I think the, the risk that he would actually be arrested, mm. my sense is, is fairly high, particularly given that the uh, the government has arrested his former uh, security minister. Um,
0: Well, it's fascinating what's happening there, and I appreciate you both coming in and sharing your views for what's happening uh, in Brazil. You just heard the voice of Rebecca Best, a professor of political science over at UMKC. Also joining us was Angelique Staggs, a member of the Brazilian community here in Kansas City. Again, thank you both for your time. Much appreciated.
2: Thank you, Steve. Thank you, Steve. You
0: bet.